Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning into the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. In this episode, we caught up with Anne, who is a traveler. She was on a cruise. Just as all this stuff was really starting to hit the fan and found herself in quite a predicament trying to make her way home. Also, we have some cruise news, some of it's good, some of it's bad, and of course, your emails. Let's start the show. Yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast show, coming to you not quite live from the K-Compound. Really, really happy to have you joining us. And uh, what is new, guys? Anything, anyone watched the news lately? Anything going on? <laughs> Email me at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I run my mouth and tell you guys my minute by minute, but I want to hear how you guys are doing, what your thoughts are, what's going through your head during this uh crazy time that we seem to be experiencing here in uh let's say this locally nationally and globally uh i'm a believer in not worrying about things you can't control and not panicking until it's really time to panic but uh having said that i don't know it's getting a little crazy out there it's weird it's it's just the unknown i guess is really what it is i mean uh again you're starting to see some people right on the verge i really urge you to kind of scale back sit back and again you know who knows who knows if this is just the beginning who knows if we're going to be rounding this out you're hearing things about vaccines coming along hopefully you know eventually they're going to have a vaccine eventually we're going to get a level of immunity to it i just think that it is a reaction that is kind of making everybody crazy and i am not here to tell you that the reaction and the hysteria is not appropriate. I'm not here to tell you that it is either. But, you know, what I think is, what it is is you're going to start seeing a pushback now. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, people are seeing these numbers, and while it is bad, it's bad, bad. You know what I'm saying? And it's nothing to be taken lightly, but I think we're looking at a situation where people are going to start analyzing at what cost. You know what I mean? We do... Uh, you know, we afford the luxuries of certain freedoms that we want. And, uh, a lot of times we are willing to, I guess, let go of some level of security to enjoy those freedoms. And I guess it's just going to be a matter of, I think everybody's on board. Most people are on board for doing their part and quarantining and doing the right thing. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen these, some of these texts that are going around and you listen, we talk real here. We talk about everything on this show. And, you know, there are all these texts about, you know, somebody's got at least four or five people told me they have information from people who are, you know, they know that, you know, things are going to really get locked down soon. And, you know, this is going to be, uh, uh, they call it the Stafford Act. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up. It's everywhere. Texts about the Stafford Act. 
a lot of people, just if you look deeper into it, are saying that it's just as much BS as it is. You know, there's as much articles saying that it's BS as there are saying that it's real. You know what I mean? You never know. A lot of people calling it hearsay, but who knows? But I, I don't. I don't know. I just think that you know, at the end of the day, there is no matter whether it's from that, whether it's from whatever. We do have economical, I mean, uh, terrible economic conditions right now. And a lot of people are going to stand up and say, I've had enough. You know what I mean? This is this is getting out of control. And uh, I don't know. Again, I agree with it to a certain degree. But believe me, there are people out there that are just watching and seeing, like, you know, when is this going to end? How long are you going to tell me that I can't earn money? And if so, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to keep me safe? And how are we going to ke- uh, keep the tent on top of this proverbial circus that, you know, has eventually, you know, you feel a little pressure starting to boil over. I remain optimistic that it's going to be okay. I remain optimistic that cooler heads are going to prevail and this great society that we've created and enjoyed over the past couple of hundred years is going to continue. This is going to be a blip. It's going to be a it's going to be a time that people will talk about forever. This is unprecedented, but I do believe we come out of it. Uh and I do believe it happens sooner than people think. So let's uh, let's give a big shout out to all the cruise content creators out there who I know are battling it financially, emotionally. Uh, none of us saw this coming, but how refreshing and how comforting is it to see the content that's coming out of uh, all these people, the hot and heavy content that's coming out from all the all the content creators out there. You know, guys, know I'm a cruise radio fan. Sherry from Cruise Tips TV. Tony and Jenny, Lalita Loca, uh, Matt, Fantastic Cruising, uh, the people over at the Ship Show. You got all, all these people, you know, Sharon at Sea, uh, the Cruise Dudes. Cruise Dudes are killing it lately. My buddies over there, and many, many others. Uh, Griffin, Alyssa, try not to leave anybody out, but you're eventually going to leave somebody out. What can you do? Um, shout out to Beatrix today. Beatrix is uh, self-quarantining, and uh, she lasted about three days before she started going crazy. So she ended up getting out of the house today and doing some ship spotting. I've been meaning to do that. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, she was on the beach in Fort Lauderdale, or along the beach, I should say, since it's closed and you're not allowed on the beach. She got some really cool pictures of some nice ships out there. It's crazy to see all these ships just sailing around the world, trying to find a place to dock. It's like, you know... Most they're like they're like nomads out there. Most of them full of staff and crew, just seeing where they're gonna settle in. As we all nervously hope for an end to this nightmare to come nice and soon. Speaking of uh, this nightmare and everything that's associated with it, uh, we have the president who spoke to Mickey Arison today, and. Uh, Mickey Arison, if you don't know, he owns Carnival Cruise Line as long as, as as well as the Miami Heat, a bunch of other things, and you know, just a ton of stuff. He's a very, very wealthy guy. And uh the plan is for cruise ships to be used for medical assistance. Now they're not saying exactly what for. They'll dock them in major cities like New York City, LA, San Francisco, and some others. Uh Trump added that he was kind of surprised to get that call. Mickey uh, apparently called the White House to offer Carnival cruise ships, uh, and he, Mr. Trump, uh, offered a big thank you to Mr. Arison as well. Uh, they're not meant to be hospitals by any stretch, but we do have to remember they do have medical facilities on them. There are infirmaries on cruise ships, and they're saying that there are multiple areas for intensive care. Uh, we have a statement from Carnival. 
If needed, cruise ships are capable of being quickly uh, quickly provisioned to service hospitals with up to 1,000 hospital rooms that can treat patients suffering from less critical non-COVID-19 conditions, the statement said. Um, You know, yeah, they're right. As most of us know, Carnival Corporation is the parent company for several different cruise lines. Uh, They mentioned that several ships operate under the Carnival umbrella could help during this time of need such as holland america princess see i don't know about princess <laughs> if i'm if i if i'm trump i might say thanks princess but uh hey listen you guys you guys have done enough okay we'll leave you alone um but what do you guys think about that do you guys think that this is a viable thing i've been saying it forever that you know uh and i i don't like to say these types of things but cruise ships there has to be some sort of a plan for. I don't know who really runs things. I'm not a conspiracy guy per se, but if you told me there was some deep state out there, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me per se. But uh, I, I just feel like there has to be. Look, a cruise ship is too valuable of a vessel. It's too. I mean, having something that is mobile that averages around three to four thousand people capacity more if necessary if, if you had to you know that's basically if uh you know if, if for a pleasure cruise but if you had to stuff more people on it you you can stuff more, way more than that uh and it's just too valuable of a thing to be able to not use during times of crisis and you could argue that this is becoming quickly a time of crisis so they are saying that you, they're not going to see the thing is you're not going to put people with coronavirus on the cruise ships because you want to keep them you know you don't want to it's a very contagious disease and you don't necessarily want to put them on there, but you can free up a lot of hospital space on land who are better equipped to deal with the coronavirus and mitigate the spread, but put on the more of the non-contagious ailments on the cruise ships and turn them into hospitals. Now they said, you know, it's a, it's like a thousand hospital rooms, which is just simply not true. You know what I'm saying? They're not really hospitals. You can't call a cruise ship a hospital. The infirmary is set up for medical, you know, medicine and, and medical, like a medical treating center. But the regular rooms, they're basically hotel rooms. You know, it's, it's big use for them, but let's not call them hospitals or hospital rooms. Um, also in talks to help out the relief effort is uh, the usual suspect in that of Bahama Paradise Cruise Line. This is not the first time they have step up, stepped up. CEO O'Neill Kosha has confirmed that they are in talks with U.S. authorities to make their ships available for any possible use that might be appropriate as we continue to navigate our way through these uncharted waters. We have a quote. We have been asked about the availability of our ships, Kosha, Kosa told Cruise Industry News. We have told the government that we will make them available. Now, whether it's a medical facility or simply just for housing, uh, that has not been detailed as of yet, but the cruise line says it is open to either. And you guys will remember in 2017, FEMA charted the celebration to house workers that were trying to restore power in St. Thomas for about 90 days. Uh, the Bahama Paradise Cruise Line also sailed a number of humanitarian cruises to the Bahamas last year to help evacuate residents and deliver supplies in the wake of the devastating Hurricane Dorian. Uh, So we have some more issues here. Starting March 30th, Norwegian Cruise Line is going to be cutting wages by 20%. 
This was explained in an email that was sent to staff members on Wednesday, but the good news is that they will be given back a day or two and only asked to work a four-day work week. Well, that a lot of people will say, well, they gave you a day. That's not necessarily true. How the... Uh, <laughs> How the week, how the work week works over there, since I have a little bit of closeness to the situation, I have been to both facilities, Norwegians and Carnivals, in uh, you know the possibility of exploring the possibility of possibly working there in the sales office, and both of them were explained to me as that it is a complete hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like it is not a cushy sales job. It's basically a boiler room, and uh, a lot of it is commission based. So what they're going to tell you when you go to work there is that you got to keep calling you got to call it's like an average of 150 to 200 calls a day and you're on the phone constantly and what they're also going to tell you is that i guess you can work five days a week but there's a lot of let's just say pressure to work more than eight hours those days and come in on weekend days because they're going to tell you that, you know, people are off during the weekends. And if you're really dedicated to this and if you want a bed, you want to march your way towards and pass those six figures at the end of the year, you need to hustle and you need to put your time in you need to make those calls and they don't make themselves and you're not going to get it done with a five day work week. So when they say a four day work week, that could be coming down from six. You know what I'm saying? And I would say that, you know, they have a lot of people working there and various different functions, but the brunt of the humanity that does work there, you'd have to believe that it's either support slash sales teams, which are very much commission based, which brings me to the second thing where, you know, the wages, the wages they make are the wages they make. It's, it's, it's commission. It's a lot of commission. You are going to get paid and you do get a salary, but it is not necessarily an amount of money where you're going to feel like you're going to be you know, living in the lap of luxury. Your money is in, in your sales. So I don't know exactly what the salary is if you're not making any calls. Basically how it worked was they would basically guarantee you a salary there. But end of the, end, end, end of the day, if you don't, if you if your sales commission isn't blowing away your salary, they kind of say it's not working out anyway. So you don't end up working there for very long. But this is extenuating circumstances. Obviously, there's no sales. There's not as much sales to be made. I don't know if they're putting the same pressure, the sales pressure on their staff. I would have to imagine that they won't. But we'll see where it goes. Um, I don't know. I think this is appropriate. I think everybody is going to have to sacrifice a little. It's amazing how much money there is out there for people who do have like when a guy like zion williams signs a big nba contract and automatically immediately without hesitating says i will pay for the entire front office of the the um new orleans pelicans you know that's all the back office people the marketing the administrators he's going to pay the salary through the end of the year he did the numbers quick and realized the money that he makes is very it's barely going to make a dent in what it's going to cost to pay all those people's salaries. And he did it automatically. And I would hope and pray that a lot of people are going to step up and do just that. Again, I'm a capitalist. I understand people are going to make money. I don't begrudge people for being billionaires. 
uh, as long as they did it the right way or as right as possible nowadays they'll tell you a lot of people tell you you can't get that much money without stepping on a few throats along the way but you know now that you're there now that you're up there and you have the ability to get a little philanthropic this is the time to take care of each other and hopefully that will happen you can only rely on the government and tax money for so long hopefully people in whatever industry they are are just going to end up taking care of their own and through that a lot of people are going to get taken care of and then the people who don't have anybody to turn to that can be who the government takes care of look at me i'm solving all the problems just like that no big deal um all right so what else do we have going on here uh all these cruise ships are being taken out of service right so they're not you know, they're, i think there's a couple of cruises still going on when those cruises are over those ships are going to be laid up and put to rest now there's one cruise ship out there that you have to wonder what the hell is going to happen with with it and it's called the world residence at sea now the world if you don't know let's get into it a little bit it's a fascinating idea anyway the world is a cruise ship that continuously sails around the globe it was launched in 2002 technically they call it a yacht uh, the average age on the world is 66 years old, and it's mostly filled with entrepreneurs and philanthropists. Now, these people live and they own their stateroom. They own its ownership. It's like a condo at sea. There are 142 families on board. They're from 19 different countries throughout North America, Europe, Asia, Australia, South America, and Africa and those other continents uh, some of them live on board year-round and that's their main and only place that they live most of them however are pretty you know wealthy so they go from ship to shore and they have and maintain mainland residences as well uh, there are 156 residences on the world so you have 166 i guess units and they range from studios to three bedrooms and a penthouse that can hold up to 12 people so the ship continuously goes around the world and there is a resident community that determines where the ship is going to stop by way of a voting system. Now the votes along with the captain's decision, uh, there's a director of itinerary, they finalize the, the ports of call that will be uh, visited as well as it's going to be based somewhat on availability too. There is absolutely nowhere from a standpoint of region that is off limits for the world. I'm sure they try to stay away from dangerous waters. I know there's a lot of uh, questionable places that, that might be susceptible to some piracy and things like that. Of course, they probably are closely watching through the world because this is not, we're not talking Oasis of the Seas here. Like we talked about, this is a glorified yacht. So, you know, there's probably some chop in certain areas. Um, there's no real rental program. So if you're looking to rent out or do a lease on the world, you cannot do that. But there is a quote-unquote by invitation program, and that's designed to allow potential owners to test drive the experience and see if that lifestyle is something that suits them before they take the plunge and officially join the community as an owner on the world of residence at sea. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what's going on. Again, I don't know. You know, cruise news is cruise news now. We're not talking about fun things like, uh, like refurbishments and, you know, uh, fun experiences and different upgrades to different islands. Unfortunately, the industry is a little bit on hold. And the only other thing really that you could talk about is, you know, where these ships are going to end up. 
And right now, maybe the next episode, because it's still kind of a fluid story as well. Different ships are finding their homes in different areas. I know uh, the Norwegian Pearl, I think, ended up in uh, Jacksonville. And uh, there's there's all sorts of ships being relocated. It's got to be pretty confusing, almost like an air traffic controller. And uh, I guess when it's all said and done and the dust is settled, we will kind of detail some of the areas uh, in some of the ports of call where the ships found themselves in. But uh, for now, we'll wait till that dust settles. And I also will for, you know, and again, listen, you guys might think I'm just doing this, you know, because uh, for whatever reason, because I'm just really trying to over promote. But I cannot say enough. You got to check out cruiseradio.net. You have to join Doug Parker's Facebook group, which is a cruise radio news group. the, the, those are the, the service that they've done over there between him and Sherry and Richard. And, the you know, again, I, I feel like I serve a good purpose here for you guys. I want you to laugh. I want to have a good time. I want to get some information out to you, but I want it to be more reactionary. I want us to be more of a community. It's more of a back and forth. But if you're talking about getting the information as it comes out, and I'm talking about accurate information, You know what I mean? A lot of us out here are just secondhand reading stories. You know, Cruise Radio, they're getting it from the source. They're getting it in real time. And they're just not messing around over there. So I'm, I'm legitimately saying this to you as a service for real cruise news and real up to the minute updates. I want you to check out cruiseradio.net. Go to the cruise group that he has, the cruise radio news group on facebook and check out that podcast there's both a weekly podcast that you know of and love and then there's the daily news updates so check that out for sure all right without further ado i am going to get into the interview that i had with ann again we touch on the intro and how i ended up getting to meet ann and uh it's a pretty cool story it's a the story how i met ann is how this is all about what this is all about and why we cruise and why we're ready to we we can't wait to get back to normalcy from a cruise standpoint as much as possible it's a great story and uh we'll just play it now this is myself and ann talking about her recent experience on the carnival sunrise all right, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone we have Anne. Anne recently traveled and had decided, unbeknownst to yourself, by the way, first say hi, Anne. Say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. And we met on Pirates and Pier Runners 1. We met in the lead up to it. Let's just say we had an affiliation or association with her group. And uh, let, let's just say they're not like the others. They, uh, you know, if we say we like to have a good time and like to party, I would say that they matched us drink for drink. Uh, is that fair, Anne? One hundred percent. What are you? What was the opening tagline you told me about as far as how you describe the people you hang out with? Something about crass humor and dirty jokes, or we like to drink a lot, something like that. That's it. You nailed it. That was it. So we were excited. That was just one more, I guess. What would you call it? Layer to the to the to why we were so looking forward to this cruise. And then just as fate would have it, we got on board the ship, and yes, it happened. We all just kind of got along. There were hot tub days. There were great times, memories. There were great times that will won't are not memories. We have no memory of. Right. I heard we had a great time. Yeah, I heard someone told me we had a great time as well. And I think there is some video and photographic evidence of it. <laughs> I've deleted most. Okay, well, that's not the worst idea. So <laughs> here's the situation. 
we stayed in touch and we're all kind of hanging out. We're one big happy family now. Anne is now a proud card carrying cone and we're happy to have her and her buddy Cassie. And I think, you know, maybe on this next group cruise, we'll have some more of that group coming over. But we stayed in touch and Anne, you know, she, she, started listening to the show and started getting in that, you know, we just started opening up a little bit more of a relationship, a friendship with all of us. And she was inquiring about cruises that were coming up because I mean, what were you seeing with some of these deals Ann? it was like 179 bucks. Yeah. For, for four and five night cruises. It was crazy cheap. Yeah. And I thought, what the heck, let's just do this. So you're coming from where? Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Can you say it like the people from Minnesota do? Minnesota. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, that's the only thing. So, Anne decides to, you know, that these deals are a little bit too tempting. And uh, she reaches out. And me and her are going over trips. And this is where I'm like, you know, we've all heard the term. I don't know if it's the exact way it goes, but don't shoot the travel agent. But uh, we're looking at deals and we're seeing things, and it looked like. It, so, what did you end up going with? Uh, it was eight. Wait, where did I end up going? Or? The whole cruise, with the ship, the the departure port, the the ports of call, and how much? Oh gosh, Tommy, I let's see. Left was, out of Fort. I could help you if you need me to. I was just. <laughs> let me try. Let me try. I left out of Fort Lauderdale on the Carnival Sunrise for a four night cruise. One day at sea, and then Princess Kay's Bahama, Nassau, Bahama, and then back at Fort Lauderdale. Right. So Anne, you know, fate would have it, ends up booking this cruise, pumped about it. And it was just when people were starting to talk about maybe it's not the best idea to go on cruises. I was saying the whole way, too. I was like, you know what? If I find the right deal, I'm going on a cruise. Uh, it was all like, you know, I think the last of the hardcores was still very bullish on taking advantage of these opportunities and going on these cruises. You were pretty much from through the time I was speaking with you, you were pretty happy and excited to go on this thing, right? 100%. Not a fear in the world thinking everything was being blown out of proportion. Never did the thought cross my mind that our nation could be on lockdown seven days later? Never. So, so you're to say to me that through you, through the booking and then ultimately the boarding process, there was still never a doubt. There was never a time when you were getting on the plane in, in Minnesota saying, you know what, is this the right thing? Was there ever a doubt no. before you get on the ship? Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Even when I was waiting in line to get my temperature taken. Still, I was like, nah, everything's cool. So they were taking temperatures on the ship. Yeah, in order for you to get on, in order for everyone to be able to board, yeah, we had to fill out a questionnaire and get our our temperature. Okay, okay. And did you notice that that process was turning anybody away? No. Okay, so everybody was seeming, anybody, everybody in your group seemed to be okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, even people in line on the plane and the airport everywhere was everyone was totally fine. Okay. So then I think it's safe to say that once the cruise happened and you may or may not, you know, you're living at sea, you're living that cruise life. We're (laughs) on land and we're fully attached to the full on news cycle. Now, Mm -hmm. while you're on board, did you, did things start to take a turn while you were on the ship? No, everything on the ship was great. I mean, there was hand sanitizer everywhere. 
they talked a lot about washing your hands, you know, on the big TV screens and stuff like that. But it was, it was happy. And I got to hand it to them. Now that everything's said and done, I felt safer on that ship than I do in my own home right now. It was so clean. I, it, it was crazy. So Carnival seems like Carnival stepped up and their staff and everybody and their policy that they put in place, they made you feel really secure. And, you know, you, and so, so tell the people, who did you travel with? Uh, my 11-year-old son, Brody. And I wouldn't have brought him had I been feeling nervous at all. Of course, I wouldn't have put my kid in that. Right. So you were feeling good about the whole thing. But then once you're yep. on board, you know, you're just traveling with just, just your son and everybody's making you feel good around every corner. What was the te- yep. what was the temperature of the, I guess, the guests on board? Did you see, was everybody in the same mode as you? Kind of just yeah. were in cruise mode. Yes, 100%. 100%. It was, I mean, it didn't hit me until I got back on land. Okay. That's when that's when things started started thinking like, whoa, something's not right here. Okay, so let's get into that. So you have a good cruise, and if you don't mind, I'd like to double back in a little while and just kind of ask you a couple of questions about the sailing. But uh, yeah. before we do that, so you take the four-day cruise. Everybody's happy. Everybody's good. No issues, no problems. You feel like Carnival is going above and beyond as far as trying to make you guys feel good uh, and feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Now you get off the ship, and the minute you get back into port and into customs, what do you what what's going on? Walk me through uh, that whole process. Again, still everything felt great. Um, got uh, off the ship, and one thing in hindsight, they, nobody's temperature was taken when we got off the ship, and apparently that's a no no because I've seen some uh, news articles on that that they should have done that to see if anybody had any you know symptoms or signs of corona whatever but the um getting off the ship normal as could be got our luggage uh got an uber to a hotel and which was, hotel were you staying in um ocean b in oh for, nice or no b ocean yeah b the ocean. b ocean that's in the the bottom part of the um that's that's the hotel that looks like a cruise ship oh i i was inside so i didn't see that but <laughs> <laughs> it was nice it was very nice yeah, the B Ocean Hotel is in uh, Fort Lauderdale. It's a pretty well well renowned hotel within the Wyndham family. And uh, yeah, if you did, I mean, you 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 kind of were outside of it at some point, but that's all right. Neither here nor there. You, yeah. If you if you're approaching from south, they kind of build it out to look like a cruise ship or at least a ship of some sort whatsoever. Okay. But but you like the hotel? Oh yeah, no, it's really nice, really nice. But I got sick of sitting inside, and I talked my kid into walking out to the beach. And still at that point, I mean, this is mid-afternoon, the day we got off the ship. And I'm like, let's go to the beach, you know? Come on. That's what we're here for. Wait, so let me stop you. So your your original plan was to fly out the day after you got back, right? Correct. Or that night. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Later the next day, they just have two full days on the beach. Okay. So decided to walk down to the beach. And I'm walking out there. And I notice there is not a soul on the beach. Did you imme- not- did you immediately hear like Friday the Thirteenth music in your head? N- not yet, not okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> but I'm standing there, and there, like we're on the beach property, and there's two cones, haha, on the ground <laughs> with with like a pole in between them, so you can't go through. And I thought, oh, whatever, they're probably just blocking, you know four-wheelers or you know why were there be four-wheelers down there i don't know but that's what was going through my brain at the time 
that, oh, you know, oh, they must not have moved these cones yet. Oh, let's go up to the beach. And then something, something just said, no, walk farther out onto the beach first. So I had to cut through another part of the hotel to get out to the beach. And then I realized, oh my gosh, the public beach is closed. And the only open area is the private beach in front of the hotel, which was crowded with a ton of people. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay. So that beach is closed because of the virus. Everybody is over here in front of this private beach and they're all together. And it's just, it's like from that point on, I was, uh, I was scared. It was, it was really different. I noticed when I touched an, a button in the elevator, when I picked up a menu, when I um, sat in a chair, when I touched a handrail, it was constantly on my mind from that point. Yeah. So that was the, that was the turning point basically. Yep. And you realized the beach was empty and then, mm-hmm. um, so now you're again repeating. You're in Fort Lauderdale, several, couple of th- few thousand miles away from home, it was just you and your child. And now you get this information, and then I guess you got some information about your flight. Yeah, and that didn't come until later in the evening. And so, after the whole beach situation, I thought, okay, let's just go back to our hotel and let's get this figured out. Now I was flying out. The following um, evening at 8 p.m. So it would have been Tuesday night, 8 p.m. So laying in the hotel room and I'm going back and forth like, okay, I'm reading articles on Facebook that flights are getting canceled. You know, um, do I really want to sit in a plane with, you know, 200 people in closed quarters when they're telling people don't sit by people? And then I have a layover. So then not only was I going to be in one plane, I was going to be in a second plane with a second set of germs. I thought, I don't know if I want to do this. So I'm researching. What if I rented a car? And then I call my mom, you know, mom, am I crazy? I'm thinking about driving. No, you do whatever you want to do. And <laughs> literally, I'm, I'm on Expedia looking at um, car rentals. And a notification comes across my phone. This is about 6 p.m. on Monday night that my flight had been canceled. It's like, oh, oh. no. So you were we looking go. for rental cars before the flight was even going to happen. Oh, yeah. I, I And I kept going back and forth thinking, yes, I should do this. No, you're being crazy. Yes, I should do And just back and forth, like, you know, this internal struggle of what's the right thing to do. I don't know. You know, here I got my kid. I don't know what to do. And then I got that notification. I thought, okay, yep, I am going to take a little bit more of this, but more control and put it in my hands and I'm renting a car and I'm driving 1800 miles home. You just said the uh, main psychological piece of it. I think that was basically it. The matter of that is like, you got your kid with you. You're very, very far from home. Weird things are happening in this country. You don't feel, you feel like you're at the mercy of, you know, whatever red tape or whatever's going on. You, your main thing was wanting to put the decision and the control back into your own hands, right? 100%. Because at that point, you know, okay, do I book another flight? Great. Okay, who's to say that isn't going to get canceled? Who's to say that isn't going to be a connecting flight? And I'll be in two planes, the exact same situation that I wanted to get out of before. And, you know, then I feared, okay, in, you know, the past five days, we've gone from being, you know, able to do whatever we want to this, you know, school's been canceled uh, for two weeks, and they're saying it's going to be longer, stores are closing, flights are being canceled. Am I going to be literally stuck down in Fort Lauderdale? It's beautiful, but I don't want to be stuck there with nowhere to go. 
So, well, yeah. I mean, you know, th- this whole thing moved very quickly. If you needed a place, yeah. just, just to throw it out there, you could have stayed with us. There wouldn't have been no issue with that. But I totally understand you're wanting to be in a situation where you know what? Then I'm staying here. How long is it? You want to? I, I understand the whole, and I agree with you, and 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 appreciate the position of wanting to be out of transition. You want to be yep. settled. Yep. So I was uh, speaking to you on the phone the other day, and I just, you know, I guess I was on speaker, and I heard. I heard the kid uh, in the background. He was weighing in on a few things. He sounds like a like a pretty tough kid. He wasn't he was he wasn't worried. Huh? He was kind of like just rolling with you and kind of you never really saw any situations where he felt like he was getting uneasy because he sounds like a pretty uh pretty grounded kid. What's funny is about a month ago he told me, "Mom, if there's coronavirus in Minnesota, I am not going to school." I was like, okay, yeah, whatever, kid. You're going to school. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then, you know, a month ago, who'd have thought that schools closed probably for the rest of the year? And it, it it's it's all crazy. It's so crazy. And I remember just sitting. I remember the exact moment was sitting at the um, the sky bar, whatever it's called, on the pool deck and the second level. And I'm just scrolling through Facebook, and I'm just seeing what's going on, and I'm seeing an all group, and or it could have been the group of the sailing. Somebody put a picture of a corona. It's like, yeah, yeah, the only thing around here, this is the closest thing we're getting to any coronavirus. And I didn't know it existed. This is January like 19th or 20th. And I'm like, this is what a dumb joke. This is stupid. I don't even get it. What do you you mean? Coronavirus? Like Heineken virus? What what, what is it? And then I just started seeing it a little bit more. I'm like, wait a minute. This is like a real thing. There's actually a coronavirus that exists. You know, what's crazy is coronaviruses have always been around. So that's, I think, the confusing part about all this. What? What's right? What's wrong? What's real news? What's fake news? Who knows? Yeah, I guess that's what so, it is because the, the uh, that's why it's uh, C, what is it? CV nineteen, CD, CB, whatever the hell it is. COVID. Yeah. COVID nineteen. Yes. Because this is the nineteenth different version of coronavirus that has been out there, and mm-hmm. they and they put it. That's the big thing. I've never fact checked yet, but I guess everybody's saying it's printed on the back of Lysol, and it's been that way for years. Right. Right, correct. Yep. Um, the common cold is a coronavirus. Okay, so you make the decision to get the rental car, rental car, and yep. you pick up the rental car. Can I ask what was the what did they get you for? So it was obviously a one way, right? Yeah, and uh, no extra charge for miles, so that was really nice. Oh, wow. Um, but it was it it was shockingly cheap. Um, I got my receipt emailed to me today. It was one hundred and thirty six bucks total. Um, but I had upgraded to a small SUV when I was at the counter. She said, Hey, for 20 extra bucks, I'll give you a small SUV, which at the time I thought, Oh my gosh, that's such a great, great idea. Then my ex-husband said, well, no, that's stupid because now you just increased how much you're going to have to spend in gas. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> I ended, yeah, no, I ended up getting 33 ga- uh, miles to the gallon. So it was, it was still really good. Pretty efficient. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's, Real, that's amazing right there. That's in the middle of a kind of like you know you want to you want to you want to I guess uh, keep things in perspective, but it's borderline right. a crisis situation, and you're getting a one way rental car across the country, top mm-hmm. to bottom, almost to, to for a hundred and what did you say thirty something? One hundred thirty six dollars, and it was that was with the twenty dollar upgrade, and then I paid for some type of insurance online. 
uh, that was an, an additional twenty bucks. That's good so to really, know. You really researched this out, huh? Some type of insurance. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I read. I read the the bold print that said, you know, <laughs> good deal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it would have been under a hundred bucks. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. Honestly, I'm gonna remember that because I mean, I don't know. I, I you know, you think about stuff, and you know, just being home. And my dad, I've talked to my dad today. He's like, yeah, you know. You're not coming around anytime soon. And I'm like, well, you know, I really don't like to fly. So uh, that's probably out anyway, you know, because of all this stuff. And then, like, I'm definitely not going to take the train. The train is probably, uh, I mean, you want to talk about a cruise ship being a Petri dish. The train is probably just a a sewage dump. But um, renting a car, I can, can, and that's Minnesota. So what's the mileage on that? 2,000? No, 1,800. 1,800. So New York is right about, like, around 1,200. So... Oh, but the mount mileage didn't matter. You said. What do you mean? So, like, it didn't matter oh, for the rental. Yeah. No, not at all. Nope. It said in the, on the booking uh, website, you know, unlimited mileage. Okay, so what? And t- actually, I was shocked. Almost all of the rentals had that. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so what time did you leave? And what day? I got to the counter at the car rental place at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning. Okay. And <laughs> Apple Maps said that if I drove straight through, it would be a 25-hour drive. Okay, full day. one Like one day, basically. Yeah, but that doesn't include stops for gas, of stops course. for food, pee breaks, all the other good yeah, stuff. Yeah, just drive time. Mm-hmm. But I did it in 29. You did it in so, 29? Yep. So did you stop at all? Oh gosh, yeah, I had to get gas. I think no, of course. I mean, of course, you got to get gas. But did yeah. you stop for any extended extended time to get some sleep? No way. I went. Well, I slept a total of an hour and a half on the way home. I stopped one time and I slept for an hour. And after about an, maybe two hours later, I had to stop again because I I was going crazy, and uh, I slept for ten minutes. I woke up and I slept for another twenty minutes right there. And that was it. I got to tell you something. You're a freak. That is amazing. That's, Dude, that's... I wanted to get. I wanted to get home. So you were just kind of on adrenaline, a lot of adrenaline. One hundred percent. That's what it was. I guess so. So like, I, I should have given you like. So do you have any tips or tricks that you that was keeping you awake driving? Because honestly, you could say whatever you want. All the adrenaline or all. I do that drive fairly often. I mean, from New York to Florida, but I I hit that wall, and then it just becomes a time where I gotta I gotta pull over. But uh, I have some tricks. Do you have any tricks? I talked to a couple people on the phone. That helped. But then um, when there wasn't anybody to talk to, I would turn up that radio and sing a, or a, a playlist and sing along, like I was my own karaoke show and. And that kept me going. I think the first time I slept, I want to say it was three in the morning. So yeah, I went from eight in the morning to three in the morning before sleeping. Wow. You're a machine. You're a machine. That is amazing. But in the future, I can tell you, and again, if this ever happens again, hopefully it won't. But if you long drives, I, I discovered by accident my secret was sunflower seeds. I, I, I That's my mom's secret too. Yeah. It just does it. It just it just occupies you. You know what I mean? Like you have to. You're working on your subconsciously. You're kind of like just muscle memory trying to work the seeds out of those shells, 
and yeah. it just keeps you occupied. So just whatever for whatever reason, that little doze you get. You know how many times did you? Yep. Hear, how many times are you woken up by the uh, the the, the oh. shoulder? <laughs> you know what? I did that once. I wasn't falling asleep, but I was looking at something. Yeah. And oh yeah, that was. You know, another thing that was scary driving was how many semis were on the road. Yeah. And not cars. So that was it. Was creepy. I kept you know thinking. I'm going to come around a corner and Negan and his group are going to be standing there with a bath with barbed wire around it from Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So you I threw, crossed my mind several times. You threw the Walking Dead reference in there. I definitely went over my head, but I heard the name of it. I was like, oh, that must be from something. But uh, you Walking Dead fans out there, hopefully you, hopefully you caught those. But um, so I, I uh, yeah, I remember the first time we did it. I, I had never even pretty much left New York state and we were 18. I was 18 years old and my family was like, we got a bunch of weirdos in our family. Just as you could imagine my dad during summer, right after I graduated high school was like, let's go. You were going to Florida. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Well, we haven't done a real, we, we go to Montauk every week. We every every year we go to, uh, you know, we went to a couple of different, we never did a real family vacation. We're going, we're going to Montauk. And it was me, my dad, my brother, and my sister, and he rented a Ford Taurus. And uh, yeah, we 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 I did the, how we didn't end up just upside down on the side of the road. I have no idea. We were I was falling asleep. He was falling asleep. We'd rotate. I'm 18. I barely even know how to drive yet. And uh, <laughs> so I gotta say, man, that that's that had to be some sort of um, some sort of feeling and some sort of experience when you're because I know the feeling. You're you're on the road late at night, through the night, in the middle of the night, and you're just kind of like you see those lights passing by. In some cases, there are no street lights. It's only it's only the lights of the cars that are keeping things illuminated. It must have been yeah. kind of uh, freaky at certain times, right? It was definitely eerie. Yeah, definitely. Which which helped you know just get home. Just one more hour. Try one more hour and just get home. Yeah. And then me and you connected on, I guess, like your last hour. And then when, then right, right when you're yeah. about to get, right when you're about to get home, you're like, "Oh, great, it's snowing." <laughs> yeah, freaking Wisconsin. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> amazing. So you're home safe. Uh, everything ended up being okay, and uh, yeah. it was a little bit more than uh, you know. I saw your post that said hindsight is twenty twenty. You were very, yeah. very into this cruise, but then all of a sudden, uh, weird things happened. But because of your, you know, it had to be partially because of your uh, parental instincts kicking in as well, I bet, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, you just, who would have thought that in a week's time we'd be sitting where we are? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, even now, you know, I'm in it. We're, we all are. And it's still weird. And it's not done. So it'll no. be interesting to see where we are next week. That's the problem. I think that's the biggest issue is that. Yeah. We're we're very like when it comes to hurricanes, when it comes to disasters. I went through you know, you know whatever it is, nine eleven, anything. We have a capacity to to yeah. handle a lot of stuff. We have the yeah. capacity as humans to band together as a country, as everything, and battle through some stuff. But the only problem with this is we don't know what stage we're at. Are we wrapping this thing up? Because I'm talking to my right. dad today, and he's like, "Oh, the market's coming back up. You know, it looks like maybe think people will probably start." No, we're not pulling out of anything. We don't know anything. This could be like the, the just the scratching of the surface. I walk around the grocery yeah. store. People are still shopping, smiling at each other. There's still plenty of food everywhere. So, like, I don't know. Did we hit? Did we even? 
scratch the surface of what this thing is going to be, or maybe it is about to be all over. We just don't know. No, I have a feeling it's uh, it's not over. I, I'm yeah. with you. I'm kind of with you. All right, let's get a little pleasant before we before we get you out of here and, and <laughs> okay. real real quick. So we were on the adventure of the seas together, and I yeah. really enjoyed that cruise ship. I think Royal Caribbean does a phenomenal job of. A, uh, putting out a consistent product to where everything is where you expect it to be. Everything's where you want it to be. Very nice. Everything's very clean. Um, yeah. Carnival, a different animal. What are your first thoughts about differentiating Carnival from uh, f- the Carnival ship you were on versus Adventure of the Seas? I liked Adventures of the Seas way more. You did? One thing, yes, way more. One thing that I really struggled with on this ship is that um, – on adventure, it was so open, you know, you have the promenade and you can see, you know, four different bars and the stairs at the end where on, um, sunrise, it was, it was so, um, blocked off where you walked into a room and you're like, okay, where am I? How do I get to the next corner? Um, it, it was very broken up and almost, I felt like I was missing a lot of the ship and I still might've, I don't know. Um, okay. It was, yeah, it was just broken up. No, I totally get that with Carnival, and I and I kind of urge people. You know, I, I I always had a routine when I would get on a cruise ship, and that was just to kind of like even before the mustard drill starts, before I even really start drinking, before everything, I try to make it a point to get unpacked and check the ship out from bow to stern because then you yeah. know where everything is you know what which way is up down around and i will yeah. say that's that's an advantage i said it yesterday on a um was it the patreon i forgot what i said it on i said you know the what i love about the royal caribbean experience is that how much it makes sense how much wide open it is and how much you can't get lost on it and what right. I, and but at the same same time what i want to get away from from royal caribbean is how much it makes sense how more it open it is <laughs> no because it's like it it's you can see everything it's everything's in front of you you really can't get lost because it's very very easily easy to navigate through mm-hmm. but um I kind of do like that in 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 cruising. Sometimes, if you have the ability to kind of or kind of just, if you're able to or find your way running around the ship, you kind of discover yeah. things on Carnival. Yeah. You kind of see things around different corners that you don't know is going to be there, and you're like, "Oh, this was here. This was there." On my first Carnival cruise, I I re- realized I was seeing things for the first time on like night six or seven. So I could totally get that sentiment whatsoever, uh, flat out. But what it was I'm going to ask you is, what about the food? So. The one thing oh. I definitely love about Carnival is like you have the guys burgers, the blue iguana cantina, you know, yep. that's an area where I don't think Royal Royal Caribbean doesn't really have as many free food options as Carnival. Did you did you was that your experience as well? Yeah, my uh my kid was in burger heaven. Yeah. He is a burger freak and he loved that. Right. Loved it. And uh the buffet was really good. I can't remember what they call it, but no every Everything was really, really good. And I do have to give them credit on um, the safety. Um, you did grab your own plate, um, but they dished everything for you. You did not touch a thing. Okay, so that's definitely good to know. That was brand new. That's a result of the uh, virus scare because normally mm-hmm. that's not how they do it. Uh, so did you get – so I know, Ann, you like you to – I know this wasn't necessarily a – you know, an adult spring break cruise like we normally do because you're traveling with your kid. But 
Uh, did you get the chance to indulge in a little, uh, uh, I, I guess, libations or hanging out and drinking and having some fun and meeting some people at all or no? Yes. Just like last cruise where I met you, I joined a Facebook group um, specifically for this cruise and got to know people before we left and then met them on the ship and went on excursions with them. And yes, I, I did have fun. Thank goodness. My 11 year old is a very mature 11 year old mature with quotes, but um, (laughs) yes, I was able to still have my adult fun. All right. Good. Um, All right. So what was your, about the ship itself? Did you have a venue, a bar, a section, an area that you thought was kind of like your kind of go-to spot? Um, during the day, I can't remember the name of it. Um, or, or red, red, red frog, frog, red frog. Yeah. Lumbar. Yeah. Yeah. We sat there a lot, um, during the day. And then, uh, at night there was a club that we went to that was, wow, that if the coronavirus was on that ship, it was spread <laughs> very heavily in that club. Oh my gosh. So it was just shoulder a basic nightclub. Yeah. Oh, it oh my gosh it was so packed <laughs> yeah so packed every night now did you so that's the thing we're going on a carnival cruise together and mm-hmm. uh we're going on the pirates and pier runners too and i'm excited for that because i want to i want to show you and and everybody i think really how to get the most out of a carnival cruise because i do think for that you know what we did we had a blast but it was basically you know english pub piano bar and uh, you know maybe the nightclub late here and there, but yep. Carnival you have you have uh, that the piano bar is a different experience on Carnival. You know what I mean? And yeah. you know what? I never even found that on okay. this ship. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. You're on with just your son, so a that's mm-hmm. a big priority, and b it's a four day sailing. So yes, I get it. You don't necessarily have all the time to be able to run around and see and experience everything. You have the piano bar, you have the alchemy bar. You have, uh, I, th- I believe they have a Red Frog Rum Bar inside as well with some live yep. music. Uh, yep. Carnival does a, a tremendous job with once the lights, once the sun goes down. And uh, we're definitely going to do the comedy, first of all. Crass humor, dirty jokes. Carnival, nobody touches Carnival with that. Did you? Yeah, get we s- did. <laughs> the group that I was hanging out with went and saw a comedy show. Yeah, we were dying. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was great. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right. Well, and then one last thing I wanted to touch on. I've never yep. been to. I know. I know it's not really anything going on. It basically a lot of these private islands they all run together. Yep. But, but Princess Princess Kate, what what was that like? Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, we ended up doing the Stingray excursion, oh, which okay. if, and if you ever get the chance to do it, just do it. It was forty bucks a person, and they were. It was like they were puppies running around us. We got to feed them, touch them, hold them. It was amazing. People, but the beaches, yeah. beaches are beautiful. Um, the food, they had a, a free food buffet there. That was wonderful. Um, it was, it was, I loved it. It was great. I think those, those food buffets, those barbecues are underrated because it's almost like an extension of the buffet that's on the ship and it's the same yeah. things and the same, but it's all grilled and fire grilled mm-hmm. and, you know, something about, you know, some 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 meat and stuff with a flame going at it. It's it's delicious. Yep. And how I mean, say what you want. I know the Bahamas isn't the most exotic destination, and people would. But I mean, how blue and clear is that water? It was. I couldn't wrap my brain around it. I mean, I'm I'm standing in it. I'm looking at it. It it is surreal. It is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. 
just that 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 teal turquoise color is so vivid. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, like, it's like a it's like a it's like an in person filter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was absolutely beautiful well, and Ann- clear, very clear. Oh, absolutely. And I want to thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I know Ann tried to get out of this. She was like, oh, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I got the show coming on tomorrow. I need it. I need a half hour. And this is this is actually perfect because, uh, you know, firsthand account of what it was like uh, literally actually cruising as this story is developing. Uh, but it, it was some ups, some downs, but it sounds like you made it through and uh, you're probably better for it. Right, Ann? <laughs> 100%. And thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. No problem, Tommy. All right, guys. It's about that time we give you the whole rundown on the Patreon. That's right. We have a uh, Patreon account. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash always be booked. And what we do there is give you a show every single day. Now, in the past, you could say maybe there's been like five shows a week or like sometimes even four, you know, depending upon how busy we are right now. During this stretch, it is a guaranteed show every single day. Now, two of those shows, Monday and Friday, are going to be sort of like motivational radio, morning radio style shows where we play music. And between the songs, we talk a little bit. So it's a little bit extra podcast, but it lasts about an hour and it's a, mu- a mix of music and talk. And it's, uh, you know, it puts a, takes a little bit to. To, to, to produce it, to, to put it together, but some people seem to really like it. Some people could take it or leave it, but it's something I'm pretty proud of that we put together, and I think, you know, I always have that conundrum. Am I getting on the treadmill today? Am I putting on music, or am I putting on a podcast? Am I putting on some talk? Uh, because both help me. You know what I mean? The music kind of gets me going, but then the talk kind of breaks it up and distracts me. So I think that whether it's the gym, whether it's your commute, we're calling it the muster mixdown. And we're doing it for Monday morning for you to start your week. And then we're doing it Friday for drive home for you to start your weekend. And uh, I think, I don't know, maybe now more than ever, it's a little bit of a welcome distraction. And then all the other rest of the days, we will just do some whatever. A lot of cruise talk, a lot of off-topic stuff, a lot of personal stuff, a lot of interviews, and everything like that. So that's pretty much it on the Patreon. Daily content, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash always be booked now as you guys know your emails have become a lifeblood of the show and if you want to send anything in a question comment concern correction i would love to hear it i love to hear from you guys in general especially now what are we thinking where are we at what's our head at do you have any questions about any of your upcoming sailings do you have any trepidation or angst about whether it's canceling your cruise whether it's booking another cruise because of the possible deals you might get in this climate i don't know but anything just anything completely it doesn't even have to do with cruising email me please because i do have a pretty good backlog but i really want to get into a situation where i never have to worry about emails for the show and i really don't really it's really we've been thin a little bit a couple of times you know i will say this i've never made up an email for the show 
You know what I mean? There's never, I've never called somebody up. Hey, can you send me an email, please? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm light. I've always been able to have enough emails, and the one, t- the few times that I was thin on emails, I went right into Facebook and went into the group and posed the cre- uh, answered a question that somebody might have in the group. But right now, we got a pretty good amount of emails. I'd like to read more emails. I'd like to make this show more about the emails if that's possible. Now, I told you I am making the effort to shorten this show. I do feel as though through, I guess, through feedback, through research I've done, I think a more compact show, a tightened up show, does play better to the numbers and to where I'm trying to go, which the ultimate goal is to try to get an advertising partner, a sponsor on the show. And uh, based on my research and the numbers that we're doing, we're fairly close to being able to be in that realm. So I want to make sure we kind of like round that up because my ultimate goal is to be able to do this on a full-time basis for you guys and bring you guys this cruise uh whatever you want to call it this community in all of its platforms all right here we go dear tommy i hope you are doing well my name is sarah lean edelman and i'm working with the american queen steamboat company and wine educator jim lofren I think Jim would be a great fit for an interview on your podcast. He would be happy to talk with you on air about the wine cruise as well as how wine cruises are becoming more popular. Jim is a certified wine educator and author of 50 Ways to Love Wine More. He can talk about how to choose your favorite wine, how to enjoy a wine cruise, why wine cruising in the Pacific Northwest is ideal for great wine, and what are the best wine pairings. So, the email continues to go on and give accolades to this gentleman named Jim. Uh, and who is this from? Let me see who this is from real quick. Oh, we already said it. It's Sarah. So, Sarah, uh, thank you for the email, first and foremost. I have no problem interviewing everybody. I would love to hear what you guys think. Do, do we want to bring this wine gentleman on? I mean, you guys love wine. I'm not particular. A lot of you guys love wine, I should say. I have never been the biggest wine person. I don't know. I remember my first introductions to wine. I was kind of excited about it. I started working at this place called Movie Co. It was a bar. It was a movie theater bar, if you could believe that. We were the heart of the opening team. A couple of my friends and I applied for the position. I had to, ironically enough, while I was living in West Palm Beach, I had to take a training course down here in Boca Raton, Florida, learn kind of how to be a little bit more of a wine bartender as opposed to the club spring break type place I was in back in, you know, this is around 2001. And um, I just got a, a, that was my first introduction on how to like open bottles of wine. And then when I started working there, they had a thing where you would be a, a pizza chef as well. They had these bulbily crusts, and they would give you four different types of pizzas you could make. And they put it—you put it in this rocket chef. So I learned about, you know, doing wine and this and that. And they had sushi too, sushi that they brought in from a local sushi establishment, and we would sell it. Not unlike a lot of the grocery stores, but this was kind of before the grocery stores were really doing a lot of that. And that was my introduction into wine and sushi, I should say. So that's pretty ironic. That's where I got into wine and sushi from a job in a movie theater. Uh, and I and I love sushi still today. But the wine, and I do like the wine. Occasionally I'll still dabble. But I got into it back then. So here was my move. So now I'm working at this new aged uh bar slash movie theater where you would go in and the the theater had small little private areas and there were like couches so that ended up being like my move i had this one bar that i was working at that was one of the 
top spots, not hard to get into, but one of the most popular places that had a great college night, great Saturday night. So there was tons of humanity that was that was coming through those doors. I had the sneaker job during the day that I was managing the sneaker store. And I had this new gig where I looked at it as like this brand new toy I got to play with. So I did that maybe twice a week. But then on my nights off, that was like if I had if I found and met dates from <laughs> from the from the shoe store, I would parlay each one with each other. You know what I mean? So like I would use the <laughs> so I'd have the shoe store where I was like a manager there, and I was way way skinnier, and I was way way younger, and more like kind of viral. Viral, viral is the word, I guess. And I was very motivated because I had just moved to a new city, so I was just trying to get my feet wet and meet people. So I would kind of just. I, I'm I'm pretty shy when it comes to just like meeting people off the cuff, but I just forced myself and, you know, I would just kind of talk to, you know, young ladies, but I would tell them that, you know, I also was a manager slash bartender at this bar, this very, very popular bar in downtown West Palm. And they would, of course, yeah, of course I'm going to get you your first round or whatever. So they would come in off that. So I would meet them in the shoe store, get them to the bar, have some fun at the bar with them. Get closer with them and then take them out on a date to the movie theater that I worked at. So I had a whole kind of like system that I would that I would run them through. There was like a gauntlet, but then I realized I would always um, we're all this is this is what you call new listeners. This is called a tangent. Okay, this happens semi often. It, ha- it used to happen a lot more often than it does. But hey, listen, we're all in the quarantine now, so let's get it out there. So I would uh take them i would show up okay my friends was the other bartender you'd be able to go to the bar i'd bring them in on my nights off we'd go to the bar before the theater we'd have a little share a little bobbly pizza we'd get a bottle of wine and then you take the bottle of wine into the theater well we would drink one at the bar first then we get another bottle and bring it into the theater and the wine drink the wine drunk for me was a very let's call it tired drunk i wine would just knock me out especially you're sitting in a movie theater i don't know about you guys i can't go to a movie on half a night's sleep if i'm gonna go to a movie you know Kay will be like hey you want to go see a movie or you you know my buddy joe say you want to check i have to like do an inventory of how much sleep i got the last night because i'll just go down in a movie theater i'll just i'll just shut i'll just shut down and then i'll be in that thing where i like you know what you want to make, make you ever get in that mode where you're just trying to stay awake <laughs> And it's like a fight for your life to try to stay awake, you know, whether it's in a movie or sometimes a Broadway show or just any other quiet, comfortable atmosphere. But so I would just be like passing out. You get the wine. You'd have a little bit of a makeout session while the movie's going on. No idea what this movie's about. But then, you know, an hour in, you're, you know, then you're re-upping the wine, going back out. Yeah, we need another bottle. That's that's really my uh, my go-to. What was my go-to? Rafino Chianti. <laughs> no idea why. I have no idea why. We had like eight different types of reds, eight different types of whites, and uh, I just always gravitated towards the Rafino Chianti, and it would just put me out. So that's my knowledge of wine. That's really my interest of wine. I only tell you that to tell you that I probably wouldn't even be the best interviewer for someone like this. Uh, this gentleman named uh, what's what's his name? Um, Jim. Jim, I'm sure he, you know, there's certain people who, there's people who have who love wine, they love them some wine. Shout out to Gary Vaynerchuk. You guys know him uh, from 
you know, you probably know him. If you don't know him, you may know him from this show of me speaking so highly about him as far as motivational and practical business practices that you can put in place that are actionable from a from a from a content standpoint uh, he got his start from working in a wine store and starting a wine library youtube channel i mean it's amazing this guy is just a freak so before he was even old enough to drink he was just taking on all different flavors that surrounded wine different flavors of grapes you know he's not allowed to drink but he's developing his palate for wine because his father happened to buy a wine store, a liquor store, and this is what he did now. So he just says, you know what? If this is what's going to happen, if my dad's going to buy this wine store, this liquor store, I'm going to know everything there is to know about wine, and I'm going to sell the shit out of the wine. So that's that's what his makeup is. And, uh, you know, choose your favorite wine, how to enjoy a wine cruise. I mean, if, if it's a cruise and there's wine on it, I'll probably enjoy it regardless. And uh, why wine cruising in the Pacific Northwest is ideal for great wine. I'm sure, you know, you hear about all the, the winery. What is it called? The vineyards out there, up there in uh, the Pacific Northwest. So I'm sure that's the headquarters for all that type of stuff. I don't have a problem, but I would love to hear from you guys. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Let me know if you would be interested in hearing about this wine cruise and me uh, interviewing this gentleman named Jin, Jim, Jin, <laughs> who could teach us about wine. Tommy, to your knowledge, has a passenger or guest ever successfully infiltrated the crew bar? Hold on one second. Let me try to make a call here. Hey, Siri. Call John Star Sestar. I don't Just think this. I don't think this is. I don't think this is gonna work because um, it's late. And uh, I was texting. We were texting a little bit before, like even like. A half hour ago, he texted me, and I was asking him. He he texted me right at the first time during tonight that I read this email, and I was hoping that he'd be able to get on. So my buddy John is, you know, there's certain people like like him, and you've heard him on the show, and I'll describe him in a little bit a little bit more detail just so you can you know set the tone. I can paint the picture. He's one of the owners in the company that I used to work for, and a, and a good friend. And uh, he's not the majority partner, but he definitely has that and he works with him and then he has his other spots so he he's he does pretty well he's not doing well now because he had to close 10 places so things aren't going great in that regard but you know he'll be back not worried about him people like that you just typically don't have to worry because they they always bounce back now if you look at him he he just walks around as though you know when somebody described it he was at his wedding his best man uh gave the the speech you know that 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 best man speech it's always supposed to be honoring you, but for some reason, it's always about, you know, roasting you as well. And he, he talked about how, you know, John walks into your, your office or your, your bar, your establishment, and you think he's there to repair the AC. So basically, the point is that he's very unassuming. He comes at you. He's not looking like he's looking to take your money or, or be a like a some sort of a shark or, you know, not the ideal or the uh, the prototypical look of like a deal maker 
But once he starts going and once he starts talking, he is absolutely endearing. He has a talent of just completely being like totally endearing and at the same time totally fearless. He is a negotiator to the point where you're gonna, you don't even realize you're you're getting, um, you know, you're making a deal with him. But you are, and chances are, it's to his advantage. It just kind of happens that way. He's just a very, very persuasive person. For example, we went to, um, we went to, and I, and I feel like that. I'm feel like that way is about. I feel that way about myself to a degree, a little bit, to an extent. You know, at least at least someone. I, I I have some power of persuasion. I have the gift of gab, things like that. We're in Orlando, not when I lived there. We went back just to kind of meet up. I was living down here. Met him in Orlando. Met a friend who works at a new establishment that was built around go karts, indoor, like uh, like real deal Mario Andretti's place. They're popping up around the country, almost like a version of Top Golf, sort of like that type of big box entertainment type of location. But this one, instead of build, being built around golfs and dr- golf and driving ranges, this is built around like regulation sized go karts, not unlike what you see on the newer Norwegian ships. So. We get there late, and we're drinking, and my buddy's the bartender, so that's the only reason we're there. But now we have a bunch of drinks in us, and we want to ride the go-karts. And these are like fast, you know, 40 mile an hour, you got to wear a helmet, you got to take a little course, you got to do all that stuff. Only thing is, the place closes at 12, and the go-karts close at 11, and you got to be signed up by 10.30 to do the last go-kart run. So it's 10.45. I inebriatedly walked over to the stand, and the guy told me, the bartender told me, he's like, they'll let you do it, they'll let you do it. I go over there, and I say, hey, can we do it? She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, we can't. The sign-up ends at 1030. Uh, we can't break the rules. We're a new establishment. I'm like, can we talk to somebody else? Is there? She gets the manager. The manager comes over. Oh, hey, yeah, I know. You know, Frankie, I'm so sorry. You know, he, He's a good guy. We love him. He's doing great for us. But, yeah, it's just we have a hard off time. At uh, at at, at ten thirty, it's a cutoff, so we can't really do anything about it. But we'd love to have you come back tomorrow. I'm like we're not coming back tomorrow. Can you please just let nothing? I was they were so nice about it, but I they weren't budging. So I go back to the bar and I tell everybody, and they're all disappointed. And this guy John just looks at me right in the face and goes, laughs at me. I'm like, what is it? Let me let me explain something to you, Tommy. I'm gonna walk over there, and I will tell you. That there is absolutely no chance on this earth that we are not in go-karts within 10-15 minutes. I'm like, John, I know what you're saying. I just think, you know what? I know how you go into things thinking that there's nobody that's ever going to say no to you. And you got their... He's like, no, no, no. I don't say, I don't, I'm not saying we're probably going to. I'm saying there's no chance you're not riding a go-kart in 10 minutes. I'm like, well, all right. Let's see it happen. He's like... Next thing you know, he comes back with like eight tickets. All of us get to go ride. He's like, we got to go now. We got to go now. And we're all all riding and go cuts. Look at a little side caveat. I'm like, this is funny. I mean, what do we got to do? We got to act sober. I said to the bartender, Frankie, I'm like, what do we got to do? We got to act sober, right? He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we're about to get in these go-karts that are like regulation speed. And, you know, we got to wear helmets and, and, and watch the quick safety video. Like, like surely they don't want us. They, they saw us drinking, right? They We have to kind of like act like we're like, we haven't been drinking. He's like, are you out of your mind? They don't give a shit. They're about to, next week they're installing cup holders into the thing. I'm like, that was, that was funny and not funny at the same time. <laughs> but, uh, 
So that is what it is. So my point is, is that you may not believe that this guy, you know, because I, I certainly still, still to this day, I question whether or not this is true. But he said that he talked his way into the crew bar on a cruise once, and I was trying to get the story from him. But he said he had about uh, a good forty-five minutes to an hour party session in the crew bar. Uh, he he. I don't even have the whole story, but he said he was in there. He was partying with them. He was the life of the party. He was the man. I want you to check something out. We recommend things here. And there's certain people that are good at this. There's certain people that just find their way into these situations. Again, I find myself into a lot of these situations, but then there's people that take it to another level. Look up Bert Kreischer. First of all, he's got a special that just dropped on next Netflix that's, right, that's good right now. He's the comedian that always performs without a shirt. But he's got a world-famous bit. You know, some comedians have these famous bits. Sebastian Maniscalco, the doorbell bit. Uh, Ron White has the I got thrown out of a... Or tater salad. That's his, that's his bit. Tater salad, I got thrown out of a bar in New York City. They're both the same bit, but sometimes they're referred to as different things. Uh, you know, different comedians have different just legendary bits. Bert Kreischer, the machine story. So they just life of the parties good time charlies those types of guys and uh (laughs) funny funny quarantine story my dad told me he said he ironically was talking about a guy who was just like that today he was like you know these guys they can go into a bar in anywhere in the country they don't know they walk in not knowing a soul they walk out everybody's buying them drinks he's like there's this guy he uh, he goes i was just on the phone with him he was telling me about he's in a bar I'm like, where the hell are you? He's like, I'm in a bar. He's like, I, I don't I don't understand. What, what's what's going on with the bar? It sounds like there's people there. We're under quarantine, aren't we? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be under quarantine. But uh, the bar only does takeout, and everybody's waiting for takeout. And then the answer is everybody's waiting for takeout? Well, how long does it? How long you got to wait for the takeout food to, to come to you? I was like, uh, about three hours. We're working on about three hours, so that's... <laughs> You know, again, you're talking about these times when you're not supposed to do this type of thing. Everybody's supposed to practice social distancing and that type. And you're part of the problem if you don't. You know, like I said, they offered me to DJ in West Palm the other day. And I I, I, I was like, I don't know. I just don't know if it's the right thing to do. But there's certain people that are just refusing to not live their lives. And, you know, the bar is like, yeah, we're, we're and how do you govern that? How do you regulate that? Because this is just uncharted waters. You don't know what you don't know what how to say. Like, what are you supposed to say? If you go, if you're if you're the powers that be, and you walk into that bar, and I don't even know who's supposed to be enforcing it. I don't know what the problems and repercussions are if you don't do it. Like, so so a cop walks in. Is the cop supposed to enforce this? And what what is the cop supposed to say if the bartender goes, "Yes, we're takeout only, and it's a three hour wait time." And obviously, you know the gig with that. Everybody's got to wait for three hours so they're waiting for their food so while they're there waiting for their food they get their drink i don't think there's anything in the law i don't think they they thought it out that quick to say wait time cannot exceed 14 minutes you know what i'm saying so like this is just uncharted waters so people are just figuring out ways to beat the system but anyway my buddy john says that he made his way into the crew bar and partied with the staff for at least an hour if it was anybody else that told me that story I would say, well, you're lying clearly, okay? But he told me that they did. Now, another story. If you listen to the podcast Behind the Crew Door, 
I believe it is. A little pop to them behind the crew door. You, you've heard them on the show before if you listened maybe eight or nine episodes ago. I think they did a good job. Check out the back episodes of Always Be Booked that are also available on iTunes. And uh, they told they told a story recently on one of their shows that they saw somebody made it back there. They were in the crew bar hanging out, and then out of nowhere, you know, you're on a cruise ship. You know what I mean? How many employees? There's a thousand people that are employees on the cruise ship. Probably about 40 or 50 of them are hardcores, and they're always in the crew bar. And you kind of know who they are. You get to know everybody. You get to see the same familiar faces. And then if there's a face in there that's not familiar at all, they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. You know what I mean? So these people are in there. They're hanging out, and they seem to have curious looks on their face. They're not ordering a drink yet. They're just kind of looking around bewildered and kind of like fascinated at their own situation. So clearly they stick out like a sore thumb. So, But within like five minutes, somebody approaches them. Who are you? Where are you supposed to be? They say we're guests. We must have took a wrong turn. Clearly they knew exactly what they were doing. You know, They knew where they were. They were just on a little bit of an adventure mission. Clearly something I would be doing as well. And they were eventually asked to leave the crew bar. So they didn't get really that far. They didn't get to have a drink and party and enjoy themselves in there. Um, but then uh, that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's the only stories that I've heard of regular passengers making it into the crew bar. Let me pose it to you guys. You know what I mean? Shout out to Colin. Colin's the type of guy who I could see maybe uh, weaseling his way into the crew bar and maybe getting invited to stay there for a couple of drinks in exchange for some giant beads. Who knows? But uh, let me know if you heard of anything or anybody being able to infiltrate the crew bar. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Next email. Hi, Tommy. Was listening to you talk about the great sandwich in San Juan. Do you recall the name of the food truck? No, I do not recall. I think it was just the Tripleta truck. And again, where is it? Again, and I can't say enough about this friggin' thing. I, I had a Tripleta a couple of, like a week ago or two with Joe, and it was really, really, really good. But nothing compared to this Tripleta that I had in San Juan. Now, for the fr- I'll say this. Ready? For the first time at Barracino's, I had my first eh mafango. It was okay. wasn't bad. wasn't terrible. I didn't turn it back, but it was eh. You know what I'm saying? Every other place that I've gone into, and I didn't ever go into any place off some crazy recommendation, I walked around the place, saw what looked good, sat down, and had some mafango. Always. That, that was my route. I never really went off a Yelp. I didn't go TripAdvisor. I just walked into a place. Uh, Barracinos, I figured, you know what? You got a big reputation. You uh, the first the birth, birthplace of the pina colada. Uh, I'm sure they got a good mofongo. You know what I mean? They got a, it wasn't that good. It was, it was just very average. It was okay. It was edible. I certainly didn't not eat it all. I ate, I ate it all. But it, it, didn't, it didn't even look that good. It didn't even look as good as they usually do. But the tripleta it was off the charts i've um t- i had it twice and both times it was two of the best things i've ever ate in my life and all you got to do is it's off the cruise port so if you get off the ship you make a left uh whatever that place is tijuana turtle or whatever it is tijuana jacks or whatever it is you pass that and then you go to where like a, there's a congregation of little it's like a little mini straw market there's some other food suppliers there you'll see the tripleta truck go to it order it eat it 
enjoy it and you're probably gonna despite the fact that it looks huge and imposing and tremendous you're probably gonna be able to finish the whole thing uh and that was a question from scott scott thank you for the email let's move it on all right tommy I just started listening to your podcast and joined the Facebook group. I got to tell you, you're a lifesaver for these long commutes to work. I am traveling with a group of eight, first time without the kids on the Carnival Breeze in September. We are definitely day drinking disciples, and one of our stops is in St. Thomas. After listening to your Pirates and Pier Runners recap, I am very interested in hearing about the mountaintop bar hopping tour. How do we have an epic time in St. Thomas? P.S. We are also stopping in San Juan, Grand Turk, Amber Cove. I'm sure I, I am for sure grabbing one of those sandwiches you are raving about in San Juan. Uh, if you have any other advice for these other ports, please let me know. Gary. Gary, very simple. I've documented that run so many times. I want to kind of maybe not do the whole thing again, but I'll do a really, really, really abbreviated version for you. You just get look up Peanut Tours, P dash nut or mick mic love tours and you get on one of those uh, open air safaris and you just tell them you want the mountaintop tour and they will do the rest i would recommend making sure they crank the music up get yourself some banana daiquiris maybe warm up a little bit at the tap and still our place used to be hooters but unfortunately that shut down but you are going to have an absolute blast uh and the other ports Grand Turk, Amber Cove. Uh, Grand Turk is really just Margaritaville or Jack Shack. Those are the two options there. Just drink the day away. Maybe uh, hang out on the beach. If you're feeling adventurous, they have a great snorkeling excursion that takes you to the shelf. And you get to go to an area that drops down 7,000 feet. Amber Cove, I do not know about yet. I have to check that out. Uh, and then San Juan, yeah, San Juan, just walk around, see the forts, experience old San Juan, and enjoy yourself. Uh, hi, Tommy. Good morning from Landlocked, Indiana. I'm a big fan of your podcast and all things uh, cruise related. I downloaded the first Morning Muster today, and I didn't even realize it wasn't your usual show. It honestly was one of my favorite shows of yours. We have a similar taste in music as well as an addiction to cruising. Please keep them coming. I always like being introduced to new music that I somehow got has somehow gotten past me. Unlike un, and unlike regular morning shows that talk about traffic or the weather, you talk about cruises and vacations. I haven't signed up for the Patreon yet, but I feel the urge simply because of how much I enjoy the content of your show it is a small price to pay to keep me entertained at work or working out thanks again keep up the good work joe k joe yeah i mean my taste of music uh, i have pretty much all tastes of music so that's what i try to do uh i try to put in a little bit of everything i, I know i know the risk of that is kind of trying to please everybody sometimes you please nobody and i think you hear some of that some people have already said to me eh muster the muster mix not really into it and i get that totally understand that and that's why it's on the patreon it may not be something you like but some people have been very, very complimentary of it, not unlike Joe. Um, a big fan of your podcast and all things cruise. I downloaded the first one. Oh, so you, so you downloaded the show, but you thought maybe it was a regular podcast. Yeah, so it. I mean, I basically put it up on the regular feed, so it just was like a regular podcast. I just basically had it. Uh, I, I'm, what I tried to do was let some people know about what it was going to be like so they can make their decision on whether or not they want to sign up for the Patreon or not. I do appreciate the kind words, 
and uh you know i'll try to keep the music let's call it eclectic uh what else do we have that's pretty much it guys that's it for the emails this week i appreciate you guys listening as always hey listen let's keep it together you know what i'm saying uh maybe stay off the social media if it's freaking you out a little bit you know things snowball you know information snowballs people there's a lot of people out there that are hanging on by a thread and kind of taking the people who are otherwise doing just fine and making them sort of worry and then starting that snowball effect too i truly believe that we are going to come out of this i truly believe that there there may be another wave of rough times ahead a little uncertainty and honestly i think uh you know our system and our way of life is going to prevail it's going to bounce back it could get a little hairy along the way but at the end of the day just be uh be vigilant and uh, do what they're telling you to do and like i said i I think it will come to a point where they're even going to realize and when i say they i mean the people who are calling the shots here they're going to realize that these the people of this country are just not going to really deal with having too much of our freedom taken away from us we'll cooperate we'll play ball for a little while but at the end of the day I don't know what these risks are out here, but where does it get to the to, to the law of diminishing returns? Where does it happen to where? Okay, what, what what's going on now? What? How long do you think you're gonna keep me locked in my room? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take a hell of a lot more than a a a point five percent chance of dying. I'll take a lot more than that in exchange for being able to take my freedom back and i think a lot of the powers that be will eventually come to that realization in the meantime vaccinations are going to happen in the meantime we're going to develop a natural immunity to this and things are going to start to turn the corner the money is going to come back things will get back to normal and we are going to be just fine thank you guys so much for listening join the facebook group the always be booked cruisers ultra lounge on facebook check me out on instagram always be booked and that's about it thanks for listening boat drinks cones there's a place where the boat is from it takes away i love your big problems you could worries you could drive them in the blue ocean but you gotta get away to where the boat is from take one part sand one part sea and one part set of a nine on tree and the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot and i know this is the place for me get away to where the boat is from it takes away I love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves you Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies And pina coladas 
And Bob Marley's songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from So get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the so get away to where the boat leads from It takes away all of your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leads from